Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise the Lord. I'm going to take a couple of weeks here. We've been studying redemption, I guess, since before. Did we, we started that before Christmas, I think. And we've been studying. And so go, back to, go back to that scripture we were looking at for, uh, for the offering. God just kind of quickened that to my spirit. Go back to that, that chapter. It'd be 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we were looking there in verse 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. I want to look at verse 12. Now, I'm going to take a couple of weeks here, and we're going to kind of, we're not going to, I'll refer to our redemptive teaching, and, and we'll talk about it, but, but I, I think I've got some things in my spirit that will encourage you. I had a conversation uh, with somebody this week, and we talked about uh, 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 just the darkness. The, the, the seems to be a, I don't know how to say this, uh, uh, it's like an oppression that tries to get on the church, tries to get on the move of God, and it's, like a, it's kind of like a cloud or a, or a fog, and you're just, you know, you know you, you love God, and, and you're praying, and you're studying the Word, you're doing all you know to do, but it's almost like the enemy is trying to put doubt on you. I mean, it's like an attack against your faith. Anybody sensing that right now? Well, that's going on literally all over the place. A lot of people are saying the same thing. It literally uh, are sensing an oppression in which it's like, it's like the enemy is trying to talk you out of what God's trying to do. Now, let me say that again. It's like the enemy is trying to talk you out of what God is doing. But I've got good news. Everybody say good news. God loves you. God cares about you. And He knows right at the right time what word you need to lift you up out of that and cause you to walk in that victory that God has provided for you in Christ. Last week we talked about John chapter 10 verse 10. It says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. That's the word zoe. And I'm telling you, the enemy wants to attack that zoe, that life of God in you. He wants to attack your dream. He wants to attack your vision. He wants, to, he wants you to be oppressed. He wants you to be beat down. And he will get into your mind and into your, into your thoughts. And he'll say things like, well, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. You're not going to get your miracle. God's not going to bless you. You're wasting your time. Well, listen, I've always said this for 35 years of ministry. If there is an attack against your faith, you need to ask yourself why. You need to ask yourself why. Devil, why are you attacking me like this? Why are you coming against my faith? I'm telling you why. I'm going to tell you why he's doing it. Because you are shaking up some things in the spirit realm. Your faith is reaching into some areas it's never reached before. Your expectancy is being expanded. The dreams that you're dreaming are getting bigger and stronger. And I'm telling you, God wants to vindicate all of the desire he's put in your heart. You that come on Wednesday night know what I'm talking about. Amen. And as you delight yourself in the Lord, He will bring you to encounters like this one this morning in which all of that doubt and unbelief that tries to get on you will be removed and you'll be able to step up again and fight that fight of faith. So there's my scripture right there. Verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that one. Now notice what it calls it. It calls it a what? A good fight. Now what is a good fight? Amen. It's one you've already won. A good fight is one that you've already won, but you're going to have to fight it. 
I mean, the children of Israel, they had to go in and possess the promised land. I mean, there's all kinds of illustrations in the Bible of men and women that had a major problem in their life. And they didn't just sit around hoping God was do, do something. They did something about their problem by faith and God showed up and gave them a miracle. How many ready for a miracle in your life? Now listen, I, I know we've prophesied it back at the first of the year. We've talked about entering into a season of not only miracles, but special miracles. A season of increase financially. A season of time in which a small congregation like this will build a mighty church over there on that property. Listen, we stepped out by faith and believe in God with only $30,000 in our account. We said, bless God, we're just going to step out and do what we can with what we have by faith. See, that goes totally against the grain of what I thought two or three years ago. When we first bought that land, I thought, well, praise God, in a couple of years, we'll probably have three or four million dollars in our account. We can go out there and start doing that groundwork and get ready to do all of that. And the Lord spoke to me a couple of weeks ago and said, you better do what you can with what you have right now, with the faith that you have right now, or you'll never do anything. I said, we'll do it. Everybody said, we'll do it. Say, we'll do it. I tell you, you have to fight the good fight of faith. I said you have to fight the good fight of faith. No matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how many prayers you've prayed, no matter how much scripture you've confessed, it does not matter. You have to stand your ground. Like we sang in that song, the Word of God is a firm foundation. Say, what are you standing on? I'm standing on my God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm standing on with nothing. God, well, with God, nothing is impossible. I said, I'm standing on it. He said, well, something's going to knock you off. No, it's not. It's a firm foundation. Now, with that in mind, go, go over to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 13. It says, there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to... Everybody say escape. Escape. Now notice this. That you may be able to bear it. Now, if you go study other translations, and even in the Amplified, it says this. It says, there is no trial, trouble, or temptation of any kind that is not common to the human experience or within the, or within the confines of what humanity can resist. You say, now what do you mean by that? Well, we serve a supernatural God. I said we serve a supernatural God. A God of power, a God of anointing, a God of all wisdom. And you must understand a lot of people give more credit to the devil than is due. Amen. Listen, your adversary cannot put you to, into any kind of a trial, tribulation, trouble, or temptation in which he can manifest something supernatural in order to keep you in that trial, trouble, temptation, or situation. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, don't you know if the devil could, he would? 
I mean, if the devil could do something supernatural to tempt you to try, maybe you were an alcoholic, you know, you drank for years and then God delivered you, you got saved, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, you're serving God now. So, so the devil knew that alcohol is your weakness. So in your refrigerator, he took your, he took your uh, uh, pitcher of iced tea and turned it into Jack Daniels. And you got, went home from church and you poured you a big old glass of what you thought was iced tea and you drank it down and you thought, that's not iced tea, that's Jack Daniels. I used to drink a quarter of that a day. And you know, you drank it and said, ah, the devil's really tempting me today. No, if there's Jack Daniels in that picture, the devil didn't put it there. <laughs> Amen? I mean, you got to be careful. You say, what do you mean? The enemy will always tempt you, but he cannot step over into the realm of supernatural. That means every problem, every situation, every trial, every trouble that we go through as believers, it is common to the human experience. But the good news, everybody say the good news. The good news for us is we have a supernatural answer. We have an uncommon answer for the common problems of life. And that is Jesus and His power and His ability and His anointing and His grace and His mercy and His compassion that gets us out of all the common problems of mankind. Hallelujah! I don't preach myself happy. I don't know much. I'm telling the enemy, he'll do it. He'll try to put that oppression upon you. He'll try to press you down. Listen, the Bible says don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. That means if you've been doing well, if you've been praying, if you've been seeking God, if you've been doing what you're supposed to do, then there's always going to be a weariness that will try to get on you. But the good news is it says don't be weary in well-doing for in due season, in due season, in due season, you shall reap. Everybody say, I shall reap. Say, I shall reap. I shall reap if you do not faint or give up. Now, when I, I, years ago, I used to teach, preach this when I used to travel. And of all the temptations unique to us, now we've been studying redemption and we begin to look in redemption and see everything that we need from God is put into our identity. You say, what do you mean? We're not sick people trying to get healed. We're the healed of God. And we use the Word of God to fight off symptoms of sickness and disease. We're not poor people trying to get rich. We're the rich of God, tithing, offering, giving, giving to missions in order to appropriate that which belongs to us. So it's part of our identity. We must understand that. That's who we are. But listen, when it comes time to reap, when it come time, comes time for due season, and due season is what? It is when your identity comes to the surface and manifests the reality of who you are. That sickness and disease is not reality. That poverty and lack is not reality. What is reality is what God says about you. That's what the truth of God is trying to establish in your life. When that happens, the enemy is going to try to stop it because, because he knows in your victory, the glory of God gets revealed. People around you will see Jesus without you ever having to tell them about it. They'll see you delivered. They'll see you set free. They'll see the goodness of God in your life. They'll see the provision, the mercy and grace of God. And they'll know there is a God because I saw him get that person out of that situation. Amen. So that greatest temptation we have is not sickness, is not disease, is not poverty, is not lack. The greatest temptation that tries to embed itself in the body of Christ is the temptation to give up. And I'm telling you, the enemy will get in your ear 
And he'll say things to your mind. That's why you've got to learn to fight that fight of faith in your mind. That's where the battleground is. Listen, all these people talking about spiritual warfare. Yes, there is a spiritual warfare. And it happens between your ears. And you've got to begin to speak the word of God to those thoughts. Because what the enemy will do, like a machine gun bullet, going through your mind, thought after thought after thought after thought after thought. He will try to convince you that the word is not working, that God does not love you, that God cannot do something about your situation. He'll do it over and over and over, just looking for you to entertain one of those thoughts and the moment you entertain it then he will amplify it and his purpose is to try to get you to what? to say it to get it out of your mouth we're not going to make it faith does not work all that giving is crazy what are we doing with our time? we've got better things to do on Sunday than listen the devil is trying to get you to quit and give up why? you've got to ask yourself that question you got to be smart enough to ask yourself that question. Why is the enemy fighting me so hard? Why is the adversary coming against my finances? Why has he attacked my body? Why has he attacked my marriage? Why has he attacked my life? Because he knows if the glory of God is ever revealed in your situation, people will see God like they've never seen him before. They will know God like they've never known him before, and it will draw people into the kingdom of God. Don't quit. Don't give up. Throw away your calendar. Throw away your clock. Throw away your watch and stand on the Word of God till the victory of God manifests in your life. Woo, glory to God. I'm coming on. Go to, go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. I love, I love this scripture. I preach on this scripture every week. I'm going I'm to start, I'm gonna start up in a, I'm going to start up in verse uh, 32. Yeah, 32. Verse 32. But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated. Everybody say illuminated. Now how many in here can say I've been illuminated? You say, well, what does that mean? That means light has come to your spirit, and that light begins with this one truth. He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. That is the beginning point of illumination. Now, how many in here, you don't believe, you know, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Wave your hand and shout. How many know it? Now, you have been illuminated. Amen. Now notice what it says. But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction. Now how many remember those days right after you got saved? And I'm telling you, it was a fight. Does anybody remember that? I mean, it was a fight to stay saved. That's why a lot of people, they come to the altar and they give lip service to God. But I'm telling you, they go back out into that fight that's outside the four walls of this church and they, before the next week, they've, they've lost the fight. But some of us, some of us, I said some of us have found out there is something worth fighting for. I remember when I came back to the Lord. Oh my goodness. I mean, all of the things that happened to me in like a two-week period of time. 
I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, the, it was literally the next day. That, that, that March the 7th, 84 was on a Wednesday. On Thursday, my phone rang. I'll never forget. A friend of mine that I went to high school with in South Houston called me up and he had just scored a pound of cocaine. And he owed me $500. I mean, just so happened, just so happened the day after I get right with God. Amen. He calls me up. He owes me five. You know what I told him? I said, keep the money and keep your cocaine. Hung up the phone. I mean, as soon as I hung it up, the phone rang again. He thought I was mad at him. I didn't even answer it. I talked to him later. He said, I thought you were mad at me. I said, no, I'd gotten right with God. I'm telling you, that was on a Thursday. I went to church Sunday, got right with God. I'd gotten right, got right with God on Wednesday. Thursday, I got refilled with the... I mean, Sunday, I got refilled with the Holy Ghost at church. Preacher preached. I didn't know what he preached. When he finished, he gave an altar call. I didn't even know what it was for. It might have been to go to the mission field. I don't even know. But I went up there, lifted my hands. He laid hands on me, and I began to speak in other tongues. On Tuesday, there was a knock at my door. I went to my door and opened the door. And it was a wife of one of my friends who had left him and gone to the doctor and got three prescriptions of narcotic drugs and a big bag of weed. And she said to me, grab your surfboard. Let's go to South Padre Island for a week. I just shut the door. How did you do that? Listen, I did it because anytime you resist, no matter what level of faith you are on, God will show up in His mercy and His power to enable you to resist anything the devil throws at you. That's the only way. I didn't have any faith. I didn't know nothing. I was just scratching by the, my fingernails to stay alive and to pray every day and to study the Word and to stay away from sin. Listen, just like it said in the Scripture, it was a great fight of affliction. But I made it through. I remember walking off that stage at Lakewood. Brother Osteen preached that great message at the last uh, the, uh, the graduation of our Bible school class. Brother Teal Osborne was standing down at the end handing out diplomas. I came walking off that stage victorious, ready to go into the ministry. He gave me my diploma, gave me a great big old hug, and I said, here I am, glory to God. Ready to go to the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Been doing it ever since. You say, what, you got to fight that fight? I said, you got to fight that fight. It says, partly whilst thou were made a gazing stock. Now, you know what that means? That means everybody looking at you going, are you crazy? <laughs> now, now, here's what they said about me. Well, you know, Rusty got religion. Thank God I didn't get religion. I got Jesus. I said, thank God I didn't get religion. Religion can't do anything for you. But Jesus can do anything for you. I didn't get religion. I got Jesus. And I'm telling you, we get Jesus, you can withstand anything. You can overcome any temptation. You can rise up in faith, and no matter what level your faith is on, if you just muster some resistance, you'll get a breakthrough. Whew. Partly while you're most gating in stock, uh, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while she became companions of them that were so used. That means everybody goes through this. For you had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Now listen, you got to understand, we put so much stock here where we are. 
But I'm telling you, you're the citizen of another city. You're going back to a place you've never been to. Let me try. Some of you need this revelation this morning. You are the citizen of another city. You are a citizen of another nation. You're a holy priesthood. You're a royal priesthood. You're a peculiar people. You're a nation taken out of every nation in the world. White, black, Asian, Hispanic, you name it. God raises us up out of every nation in the world and says, This is my nation. This is my nation. Headed for a city, going back to a place they'd never been before. And Paul said, even when I was, when I, when I was in my bonds, you continued to, 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 to serve me and, and help me and, and do, what you, do what you were called to do as far as I was concerned. Now notice this. Verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have needed patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, let me get down here for a few minutes. The Bible says in Mark 11, verse 24, Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have it. Now, when you pray is when you believe you receive. Let me say that again. Not, not, not when the check comes in the mail. Not when the doctor says it's gone. No, it's when you pray. You get up off your knees, I've got it. I've got it then the Bible says you shall have it. Now there is a time period in between the time you believe you receive and you shall have it. And that is the arena in which you fight the fight of faith. That's when you and the devil will go toe to toe. He's going to try you out. Listen, it has nothing to do with God. I think God's putting me, God is not putting you through this. God wants to instantaneously manifest His provision in your life, but on this earth there is all kinds of resistance. You know, I, I, a, a, a preacher friend of mine and I were talking this week, and I made this statement. He agreed with me. I'm glad he did. Because it's really not a very encouraging statement when you consider it. But now listen to it. Listen to what I said. I said, I think people, think God has more access to this earth than He really has. I think people just think God just sits up the earth and up in heaven and says, well, you know, I'd do something for Him, but I'm, I'm busy right now. Well, God doesn't do that. The only access God has to this earth is our faith. John G. Lake said God, God could do anything, but He only does that in which men are willing to pray for. So you've got to understand there is a part that you play in your miracle. There is a part that you play in that which you receive from God. I think that a lot of people think, you know, what was that movie? That guy uh, got three wishes from some wicked looking old man in a machine. You know, you go up and get three wishes. And it's not, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a uh, rub it on the genie bottle, you know, I get three wishes. That's not how it works. You have to be willing to get into the Word of God and to make application of that which God has given you in Christ Jesus. The Bible over and over and over and over calls redemptive provision an inheritance. And even in the natural, if you inherit one of the greatest estates in the world, there is still a process you will have to go through before that estate comes into your life. 
And then you'll have to go through a process in taking what you get through that inheritance and applying it to all the areas of your life in which it will benefit. It is the same thing in the spirit. You have been left the greatest inheritance in the universe. You are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ himself. That means everything he is and everything he has is yours. Everything that he has and everything he is, is yours. But it doesn't fall on you like ripe cherries off the tree. You've got to fight. You've got to fight through life. Leah and I, in the last 33 years of marriage, we have fought, we have kicked, we have screamed, we have cried, we have laughed, we have run, we have jumped, we have laid on the floor. We've done everything you can do emotionally, but we have fought this thing through. And we're not about to quit. We're not about to back off. We're not about to let go. We are, listen, right on the precipice of the greatest due season of our life. Why are we going to quit now? Why are we going to back off now? And it is in your obedience. Now listen to me. It is in your obedience when you obey God and step out in faith, but the manifestation has not shown up yet. It is in that obedience the devil is going to fight you the strongest. Say, well, Lord, I did what you told me to do. I, I, I did this. I did that. I did that. I mean, I prayed that prayer. Lord, I, I shut down the field ministry. I came to Galveston. I started Island Church. Why? 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 Listen, that doesn't get you nothing. In the midst of that great battle, that fight of faith that Satan will bring against your life, where you have stepped out, you have obeyed God, you have believed you received, you're making those confessions, you're praying. In the midst of that, your adversary, he's going to come and he's going to try you out. When did it happen for Jesus? Right there in the midst of his obedience. He was obedient to John the Baptist and be baptized in the Jordan River. He was obedient to the Father as he stood and the Holy Ghost came upon him. He was obedient to the Spirit as the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And right in the midst of that, here came the devil against his flesh, against his mind, against his spirit. But he stood on the, it is written of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. Get thee in, Satan. It is written. You're going to have to stand on the it is written of God. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to get an iron backbone. You're going to have to make a decision. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to back off. I'm going to get my miracle from God. And if you will do that, you're fixing to have a breakthrough like you've never had before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Cast not away, therefore, your what is your confidence? Now let me say this. Your confidence must be in God. And to be more specific, it's in His Word. Now listen, there are times in my life where I've had greater, how can I say this? Greater unctions. Times when I spent much more time in the Word. Much more time in prayer. And foolishly in those times, I held that up as a qualification to receive. Lord, I've been praying three hours and four hours a day. Lord, I've been studying your word night and day for weeks. And I found out you can't have your confidence in your own activity or behavior. That doesn't mean it's wrong. You need to obey God. You need to pray. You need to be in the word of God. But your confidence must be in God 
and in what he has said. Because he watches over his, not your prayer life. He watches over his word to what? To perform it. That means he's just looking down on the earth for anyone who is standing upon that word. Because he's wanting to perform healing and prosperity and blessing. Man, they're not quitting. They're not backing off. They're still saying, thank God for that building. I mean, you could, you could beat me into a greasy spot. And that greasy spot is going to cry out, thank God for that building. Amen. Because here's what the devil will do. He'll try to make it something between you and God. It ain't something between you and God. It's something between you and the devil. We said, between me and the devil, yeah. Because he's the one trying to steal your dream. He's the one trying to steal your vision. He's the one trying to steal your health. He's the one trying to steal your marriage. He's the one trying to steal your mind. He's the one trying to rob your joy. He's trying to steal your freedom. He is the one that's trying to come and get it all. He's the thief that has come not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, oh, thank God for Jesus. He gave us a word. I said, he gave us a word. He said, I am come that you might have life. That is the cure for that which comes to steal, kill, and destroy is the life of God in you, which is foundation is upon the Word. Amen. Devil, you're not going to have my family. You're not going to have my finances. You're not going to have my health. You're not going to have my ministry. You're not going to have my church. You're not going to have these people. In the name of Jesus, I resist you, devil. See, sometimes you've got to let the devil know you mean business. Amen. Amen. People say, well, you don't have to really scream at the devil. I do. I said, I do. I scream at the devil. He said, well, you know, you don't have to scream to God. I scream to God. You say, well, he's not nervous. Come on. Sometimes he likes people to get a little emotional, to cry out in faith. I say things to God. You'd probably be really shocked the way I talk to God. Amen. I say things like, you don't think we're not going to build that church, do you? I, you don't think we're not going to have revival in this island. You didn't send me down here to just dry up like a flower in, in the sun. Amen. I said, your word says, and then I just start going through the word. Your word says, I remind him about his word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto the path. It's brought me here. Your word says that forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So my salvation is settled. My healing is settled. My prosperity is settled. My joy is settled. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you just got to settle some things. You just got to settle some things. And then you got to turn to the devil and you got to say, Devil, in the name of Jesus, if you're looking for someone that's going to give up, you need to quit looking here because I'm going to wear you out. I'm going to bind you. I'm going to cast you out. I'm going to anoint myself with oil. I'm going to give me a healing prayer cloth and wrap it around my head. Amen. I'm going to get that thing anointed. I tell you, devil, I'm going to look like the biggest fool in Galveston, but I'm going to resist you in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to rise up in faith. <laughs> Amen. That's what these prayer cloths are when people that need prayer cloths will pray over them and if you need to take them to your love. But I'm telling you, whatever it takes, I said whatever it takes, You've got to be willing to stand against the forces of evil and the forces of the adversary, for he is a defeated foe. He is under our feet. I said he's under our feet. 
One more scripture. 1 John chapter 4. Anybody get anything out of this? 1 John 4 verse 4. I, like the, I just like these first few words. You are of God, little children. Say, I'm of God. Say, I'm of God. Not of Island Church. Not of Pastor Rusty. I'm of God. Come on, church. I'm of God. I'm of God. Woo, glory to God. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is He, greater is He, greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Everybody say greater. Say the greater one. Say the greater one. He's in me. Listen, you've got to understand, in the spirit realm, you're already more than a conqueror. In the spirit realm, you look just like Jesus. You are in Christ. You're a new creature. You're the righteousness of God in Him. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You've got to rise up. You've got to stand on that word. You've got to make a decision. I don't care what it looks like. I am not going down. I'm not going to get defeated. I'm standing in faith. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how much pressure the devil brings. I am victorious in Jesus' name. I like what Brother Osteen said. He said, any old dead fish can float downstream. Just go with the flow, you know, with all, everything's going. Well, just kind of go with the flow. Don't go with the flow. Be a live fish that swims upstream. That's a great testimony to the strength of those salmon and those, those fish that, that, that go way out in the ocean. And, and then the last stage of their life is the reproductive stage. And that's when they take all their strength everything they've grown up to be. And they, they go against the great forces of nature. And they swim in from the ocean. And they find, it's amazing, they find the very stream they came out of. And that water's flowing down that stream, flowing down that stream, flowing down that stream, and up they go. Up they go. They've even made little things. I, some of you have probably seen them. They made these things where or they, they put some dams or some things in these streams and they figured out the salmon can't get upstream. So they put these things and you can go there in the, in the spring and those salmon will be jumping over, jumping over, jumping over. All the strength there. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to reproduce. I'm going to reproduce. I'm going to reproduce. And up goes those big salmon up that stream. And the last breath of their life, last tick of their heart, they lay thousands of eggs and ensure the strength of their species. And salmon, little salmon get born and they start the process all over again. Say, so how can they do that? By the word of Almighty God. Because He upholds all things by the word of His power. Listen, you may be swimming upstream. You may be thinking, man, I'm telling you, I've been fighting the devil. I've been fighting my mind. I've been fighting this. I've been fighting this. Fight the good fight of faith. And that is a fight in which you are victorious. I like to see it like this. Here's Jesus. He's our elder brother. And you know, here comes the devil picking on you. He's picking on you. He's picking on you. So you recognize and realize, now wait a second. Wait a second. I'm a new creature in, not in Island Church. No. Not in Pastor Rusty. No. Not, not in the Assemblies of God. No. Not in the Baptist Church. No. I'm not a new, I'm a new creature in, um, uh, Christ. Wow. And my, and my elder brother is right here. Greater is he that's in me than he is. So 
He just reminds the devil, because that's what the Word does, reminds it, I've already beat your brains out. Spoiled principalities, powers, made a show of them openly, and if you'll just look back into the eyes of Jesus, your elder, you know what he'll say to you? Kick him for me now. Slap him for me now. Punch him a two, two or three times for me now. Listen, you've got to understand, he is a defeated foe. I said, he is a defeated foe. And the only power Satan has over you is the power you choose to give him. You've got to make a decision. I'm not going to empower him any longer. Don't empower him with your words. Now, let me just say this too. The Lord just quickened this into my spirit. Don't empower him by doing nothing. Well, Pastor, I, that's all well and good. and You know, I, sh I shouted twice. And I'm just kind of waiting on the Lord to see what he's going to do. You'll wait till we put you in the ground. You have to do something. And I'm telling you, if it's, if it's the weakest, you may think it may be the weakest expression of faith of anybody on the earth. Listen, on one word, a woman with an issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, the Bible says she said, if I may touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. And I guarantee she didn't have years of Bible school, years of rabbinical training. She wasn't schooled in the, uh, of, the, of, of the Levitical priesthood. She, she was just a little woman, been sick for 12 years and was broke and had been rejected. And she's weak. But a word came to her. A word came to her. I don't know how it got there. I, if, if, you, if you look back into Mark, it talks about people touching his garment and being healed. So somehow, someway, a testimony got to her. You know, this guy, Jesus, we were, up a, uh, we were up in Galilee the other day. We were going up there to buy some fish. And, and you know, there's this strange man up there. And he was up on a hillside and he was teaching. There was this huge bunch of people. And, you know, as he began to walk away, people began to reach up and touch. And they began, you know, I saw a blind man reach up and touch. And he was healed. I saw a couple of lepers. And, he was there. and so all of that, that got into her heart. And she said, and she said, and she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. And guess what? One day, here come Jesus to her town. I don't know how many days she'd been saying that. But she'd been saying it long enough to convince her to go out on that street. And here's a throng of people. The Bible calls it a throng of people. That means a crowd. And they're bumping up against Jesus. And they're, they're, they're moving him to one side. moving him to, And there's Jairus, the head of the synagogue, walking right next to him. And they're going to Jairus' house. Jairus' daughter is dying. And here comes this little woman. And she isn't strong. She doesn't have a lot of strength. I, I could see her fall and get back up and fall and get back up. And in desperation at the last moment, reach as he goes by and grab the hem of his garment. And the Bible says immediately virtue or power went out of him. And she knew in her body she was healed of that plague. Listen, God didn't just put that story in the Bible to inspire us. He put that in the Bible to inform us. He said, well, if he walked down the aisle right now, I'd touch his garment. He wouldn't get healed any more than others that were touching him that same day. God he didn't get healed. You say, why not? Because he is here today. And he's in the form of a message called the gospel. And every time we preach the message, Jesus walks through the crowd. And you can make a decision at any time to reach up and touch the hem of that garment. Just by saying, I believe. I believe that by his stripes I'm healed.
I believe that nothing is impossible with God. I believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thanks be unto God that causes me always to triumph in Christ. I believe that forever His Word is settled in heaven. I believe, I believe, and just continually over and over and over till you do not let anything else encroach into your mind. But I believe. I, be I wake up in the mornings unconsciously with scriptures going off in my mind. And if they're not, I put them in there. Three out of four mornings, I wake up and there's scriptures. The, the last three mornings, it's been Psalms 23. Something is being told me from Psalms 23. The last three mornings, I've woke up. And right as I, right as I begin to come into con con uh, consciousness, I just hear in my spirit. And then I hear it in my mind. I hear it. And it's, and it's uh, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. Sometimes I stop right there. He restores my soul. He restores my mind. He restores my emotions. He restores my... He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name. Thank you, Father, that I'm going the right direction. I'm on the right path. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Fear, get out of my life. Get out of my life. For Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my name. I'm going to sit down at that table. I'm going to eat. You're going to anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely in good, uh, 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 goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the... I mean, for the last three mornings, that's been just rolling, rolling, rolling. God's speaking something to me. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. That's the way you have to live. He said, well, that, that's going to take some effort. I may have to quit listening to Oprah. Or what's the other guy, uh, Dr. Phil? Amen. A lot of times we put so much trust in people like that. Well, thank God for people like that, people that entertain us, things like that. But you've got to go to God. And you've got to draw from the well of His goodness and His power. And you've got to put it against that which is coming against you. And you've got to rise above the level of doubt and discouragement. And you've got to make your declaration. I believe I receive and I shall have it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lift up your hands and thank God. Father, we thank you this morning for your word and the goodness that it produces. For your blessing upon this congregation, upon all these people. Now let me just say this. You know, I've been... Uh, past few weeks, I'll stay here. I'm working on some books right now, so I'm, I stay at the office uh, uh, after, after hours. And so sometimes I'll just get kind of tired of sitting at my desk and writing. And so I'll come and I'll pray. And I'll pray over you. And I'll pray the Word over you. And I'll pray the Word. First of all, I'll pray the Word over your health. Amen? I mean, I do. I pray the Word over your health. I thank, thank you, Father, that Island Church is a church that is healed. I thank you, Father, that you, Jesus, was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. Chastisement of our peace was upon by his stripes. We are healed. That you've blessed our bread, our water. You've taken all sickness and symptoms from the midst of us. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All the, and I just go through all those healing scriptures. Pray them over all you, everybody here. So I know we got several families out today. I prayed over everybody. Amen. Then I go to your finances. Thank you, Father, that you're Jehovah Jireh. That you supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That we're givers at Island Church. And because of that, it comes back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Right I go through all those <coughs> prosperity scriptures, speaking them over you. Then I get into the redemptive side. Thank you, Father, that everyone at Island Church realizes, recognizes, and adheres to that they are new creatures in Christ. 
that old things have passed away, that all things are new for them. That he that knew no sin was made sin on their behalf. Because of that, they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now listen, if I do that for you, you've got someone that's already speaking it over you. But you've got to grab it yourself. Because I can speak it over you all day long, but until you receive it and begin to walk in it, it's not going to do you any good. That's part of my responsibility as a pastor. To lay that foundation through teaching and preaching. And then to also pray it over the church every day. To speak it. Believe God for it. Therefore, it should be easy for you to receive. It shouldn't be a struggle. It's not like we're not giving you the information necessary to receive. What we taught on this morning, many of you right now, you've had, you've had some oppression. You've had some pushback against your fight of faith. You've had the adversary step up, kind of like when David, the, you know, after they got all the talking done, David put that, put that sling in his stone and began to run at Goliath. Goliath didn't get up and run off. He got up and he started going toward David. And the fight was engaged. And some of you are at that point right now. And, you're, and God is setting you up for a great act of faith on your part. Now let me say this. Lord, just quicken me to say these things to you. One of the number one things you have to realize, anytime you're afforded an opportunity for a great act of faith, you will be given an opportunity to walk in great love. You say, what do you mean by that? That means the one that wants to hurt you the most, the one that wants to destroy you, the one, the one, that, the one that would do anything they could do to see you down on your back, the one you'd like to take a ball bat and beat the brains out is the one you'll have to turn to by faith and say I forgive I walk in love and I bless and when you do that that love fuels your faith the Bible says faith worketh by love then the, the steam engine of faith gets turned on that great that great spiritual dynamo will begin to work inside of you faith and love faith and love and then God will set you right up into a place in which you get to sling that stone. You say, how do I do that? You'll speak that word. And God will watch over that word to perform it. And your miracle will happen. Father, we bless your name. Thank you so much for your goodness, your grace, your mercy today. And Lord, as is our tradition here at Island Church, we always pray over the coming week. And Lord, we always stand upon your word, uh, appropriating your scripture for protection and safety. Thank you, Father. Psalms 91 says, no evil will befall us. No plague will come nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. You said in Luke chapter 10 that we, as your people, would walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy, and nothing will be any means harm us. We thank you for that, Father. So as we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, thank you that we are protected. Thank you in the righteous labor of our hands, wherever we go, whatever we do, Lord God, we thank you whether it be in the, out in the ocean, whether it be up in the medical field, the oil patch, construction, education, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, we're reminded this week of the evil plans of wicked men. And Lord, we lift up the Muslims of Christ Church, New Zealand, right now, that in this tragedy, Jesus will appear. As He's been doing all over the world, let him appear to that iman. Let him appear to those brokenhearted people. Let him appear in his mercy, in his love, and in his compassion. 
And we lift those people up. And we pray over them. And we surround them with faith and love. And we extend all the way from Galveston Island to Christ Church, New Zealand, our compassion for them in Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave uh, loving one another. Thank you for our church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. God Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.